we would like to welcome you to the first jazz show of the Halloween month of October. And uh, weather-wise, it's uh, starting out really beautifully. And uh, apparently, according to my weather prognosticator, uh, the weather's going to be pretty good all week. We have some great music to play for you this evening on The Jazz Show, which uh, comes to you on CITR FM 101.9 on your trusty dial. Or if you're on your computer, it's www.citr.ca. And my name's Gavin Walker, and we're beginning a month of jazz features by musicians that you have probably <laughs> never heard of. Um, these are very obscure musicians. The music is going to be A1. Uh, some of these uh, leaders have recorded with um, various uh, very, very well-known sidemen. So there is that. But the leaders themselves are obscure musicians, and some of the most devoted jazz fans that I know have never heard of these guys. And we're going to play a whole month of these uh, every Monday uh, this month, and there's five Mondays uh, in November, um, and we're going to deal with these very obscure musicians. Some have only ever made one recording, such as the gentleman we're going to deal with this evening. This is the only record that he ever appeared on, and he was the leader. So, our first jazz feature is an album called Ease It, which is the title track. It's actually a a great B-flat blues written by Paul Chambers, and it became a jam session favorite. Um, Cannonball Adderley recorded it, I believe, first, uh, on a date that uh, had Paul Chambers on bass, and uh, he had uh, recorded it on one of his albums, and it's used here as the title track. The album in question was recorded for a very small label. They only did about half a dozen albums before they went out of business, and it was a little um, record label called Jazz Time Records, and uh, the gentleman behind it was a uh, a fellow named Fred Norsworthy. Anyway, he managed to get some great musicians into the studio and and uh, somehow got the records out there. They didn't get a, a lot of distribution. And, of course, they've all been reissued um, uh, on CD with uh, alternate takes and, and this uh, type of thing. The sad thing about this album <laughs> is that when the CD did come out, it wasn't released under the leader's name. It was released on its um, uh, the biggest star on the date, uh, one of the sidemen. So it was uh, a double blow for the leader. And I haven't mentioned his name yet. His name, John Erskine Boyd. His name was nickname was Rocky. So Rocky Boyd. And he was a monster tenor saxophonist, a great player. Originally, he was born in 1936 in Boston and uh, studied there, headed to New York in 1958, and 
made a significant enough impression on various sessions and so on and so forth, playing with different people. Uh, he impressed Max Roach, the great uh, drummer, enough uh, for Max to, when Stanley Turrentine was going to leave Max Roach, he picked Rocky Boyd as, as his tenor saxophonist. Not too long after that, um, Rocky stayed with Max for about three or four months and then did some freelance work, and the next boss that picked him up was none other than Miles Davis, and he worked with Miles Davis for about three months as well. Later on in his career, in the mid well, toward the, the uh, I guess the early 60s, 63, 64, Rocky was, uh, had played with uh, ensembles led by Jackie McLean, the great alto saxophonist, and also the legendary pianist, Elmo Hope. And unfortunately, none of these uh, hookups with these great musicians like Max Roach, Miles Davis, Elmo Hope, etc., uh, etc., et were ever recorded. There's no recordings of him playing with any of these people. And unfortunately, Rocky's life in the late 60s took a bit of a turn. He had developed, uh, he, he, he stopped playing, and he, uh, I was told uh, by a couple of very reliable sources that he was uh, preaching on the streets of New York. He had, he had uh, become uh, reborn, a reborn Christian, and was uh, uh, reading the Bible and, 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 and preaching on, on street corners. Um, in Harlem, and uh, then there was um, bipolar problems and so on and so forth, and uh, Rocky passed away um, in obscurity in the mid-'70s. And that's about all that's known about this uh, incredible musician except this one recording. And it was, as I said, it was done for the, um, originally for the Jazz Time label. Now, the sad thing about this is when it was reissued on CD, uh, the people involved in this band, I should mention all the names first of all, Rocky performs here on tenor saxophone. He's the leader, and his sidemen are all well-known musicians. The great Kenny Dorham, the uncrowned king, is on trumpet, and some of my very favorite performances by a hard-driving pianist by the name of Walter Bishop, Jr. Of course, he was Charlie, one of Charlie Parker's favorite musicians. Walter Bishop, Jr. on piano almost steals the show on a couple of tunes. He is so good. The bass player you all know because he appeared at last year's jazz festival, the great Ron Carter. Um, and on drums, a wonderful drummer that played with all sorts of people, including Sonny Rollins and Art Farmer, all kinds of people, Pete LaRocca, Pete LaRocca Sims on drums. And uh, that's the band. And interestingly enough, when uh, this album was issued on uh, CD, it came out under Kenny Dorham's name. And he, he was the sideman on it. He wasn't the leader. And there was no mention of Rocky Boyd being the leader. Um, so it was kind of a double blow. <laughs> the original album is, is rare, uh, the LP album, and it sells for quite a high price on the, uh, on the collector's market. 
and uh, has a really nice cover with a picture of Rocky and a very handsome fellow and uh, obviously a very, very talented tenor saxophonist. Rocky had a big walloping sound. He wasn't a fast player. He wasn't a virtuoso player. He didn't play a lot of notes, but he played every note he played counted. And um, for some reason, uh, one of the stores, I, I, um, I think it was Western Music, brought in, uh, I guess they had a line on some obscure labels, and, and, and they brought in this Rocky Boyd record to Vancouver. And one of my great friends um, bought, the, bought the recording, Glenn McDonald, who was a wonderful saxophone player, passed away a few years ago, was a big part of the Vancouver jazz scene in the late 50s and 60s. Um, and um, Glenn uh, was a, loved Rocky Boyd and, and learned every tune on the album. And uh, Glenn could sound a lot like Rocky. Anyway, you will be impressed by Rocky's big, fat, wide uh, sound on tenor saxophone. Very, very distinctive. And, of course, all the other musicians play beautifully on this album. So we'll get to the music. Uh, we open with uh, Rocky's only original composition on the album. It's called Avars, A-V-A-R-S. And that's written by Rocky. The second tune, we're going to hear a very stately version, which sticks very close to the melody of the great tune, Stella by Starlight, the uh, standard tune. Then we're going to hear a tune. This is very interesting. This is a tune credited to Pete LaRocca, and it's called Why Not? You're going to listen to this tune, those of you that uh, know John Coltrane's music, you're going to say, gee, that sounds like Impressions. It is. It's the very same tune. Um, Pete LaRocca had played with Coltrane before the great Elvin Jones came into the band. And uh, John uh, Coltrane didn't have a title for this particular tune that he was playing all the time, which was Impressions. And uh, <laughs> so Pete LaRocca brought the tune, the drummer, brought the tune to this recording session and took composer credit uh, for it um, because Coltrane had entitled the tune and they, they made a very nice arrangement. And it's kind of a slowed down version of Impressions. And uh, it's called Why Not? Now, Impressions is based on the famous tune Miles Davis wrote called So What? It has two chord progressions in it. Um, and... Uh, Without getting into a whole bunch of technicalities, uh, it's the same structure as So What? And that's why they came up with the title, Why Not? There you go. So that's a little uh, esoteric information. After Why Not? Then we hear the title track, Paul Chambers' great tune. It was done in one take, and it's a great version of uh, Paul Chambers' uh, medium-tempo B-flat blues called Ease It. Uh, and that's the that was the title track of the original album. Then we're going to hear a delightful version of the um, theme from Black Orpheus, which is uh, the Samba de Orfeu, written by Louise Bonfa. And we hear a nice version of that. And the final tune that we're going to hear is by a musician that we're going to be featuring later on in the month, uh, uh, an obscure trumpet player by the name of Wilbur Harden. And he wrote this tune, uh, which wraps up the album, and it's called 40 West 42nd Street. 
So that's the agenda. Those are the titles. We're going to hear the album um, in its full glory. And we're going to begin with uh, Rocky's tune, Avars. Once again, the personnel, Rocky Boyd on tenor saxophone, the leader of the band, Kenny Dorham on trumpet, Walter Bishop Jr. at the piano, Ron Carter on bass, and Pete LaRocca on drums. And here's Avars.
And that's our jazz feature this evening. The wonderful tenor saxophone work of a gentleman by the name of John Erskine Rocky Boyd. He was the leader of that date, and uh, he, uh, of course, picked his side man um, very well with the late, great, uncrowned king of the trumpet, Kenny Dorham, and stealing the show on a few tunes, uh, having a very good day at the piano, Walter Bishop Jr., and uh, very young. He was just beginning to make an, a big impression in New York at the time, Ron Carter on bass and Pete LaRocca on drums. And all of this was recorded in New York the 13th of March, 1961. And as I mentioned before, Rocky Boyd is the first of our jazz features, very, very um, obscure band leaders and, and musicians. And we're doing this uh, for the five Mondays of October. And we'll be uh, featuring underrated, um, obscure, <laughs> I guess, for a lot of people, unknown musicians. Rocky Boyd, uh, unfortunately, only made one album, even though when he came to New York from Boston in 1958, he impressed a lot of people. He took Stanley Turrentine's place in Max Roach's band for about three or four months. And a few months later, after that um, engagement, he joined Miles Davis for um, three months, three, four months again. And then later on, he played with uh, bands organized by Jackie McLean, the great alto saxophonist and the legendary pianist Elmo Hope. Sad to say, none of these alliances uh, were ever recorded. And um, um, so this turns out to be Rocky's only time on records was this particular album, which was done under his own name for a very small um, label at the time called Jazzland or Jazz Time Records. And um, that was it uh, for Rocky's career. Later on, um, he gave up playing and uh, became a street preacher and um, died in obscurity in the 70s. He, he had developed uh, bipolar symptoms and, sad to say, um, died in obscurity. And uh, so this is the only document where you're going to hear Rocky Boyd. So that's why we featured him this evening. And uh, see, uh, his whole life was kind of ironic because he only made this one album, and when it did come out, it was reviewed in Downbeat and given a lousy rating. Um, because, you know, Rocky Boyd obviously wasn't John Coltrane or Sonny Rollins. So they, um, they low-rated the album. They gave it two out of five stars. And, of course, I immediately went out and bought the album because I knew it was going to be good. Uh, very often those, uh, the critics didn't know what they were talking about. And, of course, nowadays um, the album is sought after by uh, um, jazz fans and collectors um, and, of course, is uh, thought of as uh, a very, very fine album. And you just heard it. So I hope you agree with those people. Rocky Boyd, wonderful player. Uh, the tunes, um, we'll run them down. The first one was uh, Rocky's only original of the date, and it's called Avars, and that opened the set. And then we moved to a very stately, slow version of the great uh, standard tune, Stella by Starlight, played pretty straight by everybody, just stuck to the melody. And tune number three 
was an intriguing original uh, credited to Pete LaRocca, and it's actually a slowed-down version of John Coltrane's Impressions. And it's, uh, on this album, it was called Why Not? And uh, I told you that whole story at the beginning. I'm not going to do it again, but that's, uh, that was tune number three. Tune number four was the um, up-tempo B-flat blues written by Paul Chambers, great version of it, the tune called Ease It, and that was the title track of the uh, original LP. And then following that was uh, a wonderful bouncy rendition of uh, Louise Bonfa's Samba de Orpheu from the uh, movie Black Orpheus. And the final tune was written by an obscure musician that we're going to feature a little later on in the month, a wonderful trumpet player by the name of Wilbur Hardin. And he wrote the last tune called 42nd Street, or West 42nd Street. So that's it, our jazz feature album, and hope you enjoyed it. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca, and we'll be right back after these important messages. The first one being this one. We don't need to tell you that Vancouver has a housing problem. Mass evictions. Mass evictions. Unfair rent increases. What happened to rent control and protection from unfair eviction? If these or other housing matters concern you, you may be interested in joining the Vancouver Tenants Union. For more information, visit tenantsunion.ca. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. We're going to uh, change the pace a little bit. Uh, by playing a track from uh, an album that um, was recorded in 1968 but wasn't issued until about 20 years later. And uh, it it remains a very, very good album. And, of course, it's one of my favorites, my Aquarian brother, the late, great Bobby Hutcherson. And it features Bobby here with um, James Spaulding playing flute and alto saxophone, Stanley Cowell on piano, Reggie Workman on bass, and Joe Chambers on drums. And this is a composition by Joe Chambers that we're going to hear. And the album came out, um, the title track was called Patterns, and that was the name of the album. It came out on Blue Note Records. Um, But we are going to hear this particular track, uh, which is great, uh, written by Joe Chambers, the drummer. A very fine composer as well as a very fine drummer. Actually, uh, Spaulding plays alto saxophone on on this tune. And uh, the tune is dedicated to uh, a very famous city. It's called Ankara.
We heard two pieces from this uh, album, a more obscure item that came out on Blue Note Records, but uh, many, many years, about 20 years after it had been recorded, well, at least 15 years anyway. And the album is called Patterns, and a very, very nice album, recorded in March of 1968. Bobby Hutcherson, the late great master of the vibes, along with uh, James Spaulding on alto saxophone uh, on the first tune and flute on the second tune, Stanley Cowell on piano, Reggie Workman on bass, Joe Chambers on drums. And we heard uh, the first tune was written by Joe Chambers and called Ankara. And the second tune was written by Stanley Cowell and called Effie. And uh, yeah, a couple of wonderful albums. Bobby Hutcherson's music has always impressed me. And of course, he's one of the great geniuses of uh, of the vibes. We're going to hear some more vibes later on in the show, but uh, one of the early masters, and uh, I think you know that that may be Lionel Hampton, but we'll uh, we'll come to that when we come to that. Meanwhile, I'd like to tell you about a free concert if you have uh, if you are free next Saturday night and want to go someplace, you can go to Pat's Pub down at the downtown East Side. Saturday evening, starting at 9, you're going to hear some wonderful music put together by my old friend Brad Muirhead. Brad Muirhead is a trombonist. Uh, His main instrument, he plays tuba and euphonium and all these brass instruments, lower brass instruments. Um, But he also plays the bass trombone. And, of course, he's a band leader, composer, and uh, has, has made quite a name Uh, for himself in Vancouver's jazz underground over the years. And he has a brand new album out, uh, which has just been released, and it's called Old In, Out New. And the Brad Muirhead 4, BM4, plus a whole bunch of um, different musicians. And that band, including all the guests, um, will be appearing at Pat's Pub. It'll be uh, quite an event, and it's free, no admission. Um, That's, you know, you don't even have to really buy anything. You can just go there, sit, listen to the music, and enjoy it if you don't have it, you know, can't spend any money. Um, But, of course, there's a full bar there and some great food down there, and Pat's Pub is a, a wonderful place. Uh, people think, well, the downtown east side, you know, ooh, it's not as bad. Um, Sure, it may be bad in certain spots, but uh, um, Pat's Pub is is out of that particular nasty part of uh, Hastings Street, and uh, you're you're pretty safe down there. There's lots of parking, um, and, of course, once you're in Pat's Pub, hey, it's really nice. Uh, Nice people running the place, and serving and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, the Brad Muirhead Quartet with all these guests, and, and there's going to be, I'm, I'm talking about some very important jazz people here, including uh, Jennifer Scott, um, Brad Turner, Brian Harding, Greg uh, Ferugia, uh, Ellen Marple, and Louis Melgar, all trombone players. And, uh, of course, Brad will be playing piano and trumpet, and Jennifer will be 
uh, contributing her wonderful vocals to um, this whole ensemble. And the basic quartet is Brad on bass, Brad Muirhead on bass trombone, Jared Burroughs on guitar, Brent Gubbles on bass, and Bernie Arai on drums. So these are all musicians that are very, very well known in the jazz community. So we are going to play you one of the tracks from Brad's album called Old In, Out New. And this is his own composition, and it's called Ella's Song. Brad Muirhead. Thank you. 
And that was a very fine track from resident trombonist Brad Muirhead. He played the bass trombone along with Jared Burroughs on guitar, Brent Gubbles on bass, and Bernie Arai on drums. And as I mentioned before, Brad, that's the what he calls the BM4, that's his band, and this is um, a track from his latest album called Old In, Out, New. And um, this is uh, on, I can give you a little more information. Well, th- actually, go to Pat's Pub this Saturday night, starting at 9, and it's free, no admission, and you can buy yourself one of these very fine CDs because it, it is a CD release concert. That's the, uh, the, the purpose of the gig is to uh, get this CD out there to you, and uh, the concert itself is, uh, is free. And Brad will be the, the quartet that you just heard uh, will be the main um, stem of, of the uh, whole concert, but he's going to bring in some great guest artists, including Jennifer Scott, uh, Brad Turner, who's going to be playing piano and trumpet, and uh, about four really wonderful trombone players to add to his own sound. So it'll be quite uh, quite an event, and considering that it's not going to cost you anything to go there. And the music starts at 9 this Saturday, October 7th at Pat's Pub, which is at 403 East Hastings. And there you go. Be there or be square. Brad Muirhead. And uh, so we heard this track from uh, this album, which I have uh, an advanced copy, courtesy of Brad. And we just heard the opening track called Ella's Song. And, um, yeah, he actually wrote that for uh, an old shepherd puppy named Ella, (laughs) who used to, uh, apparently, according to Brad, it... Um, the puppy uh, hunted and uh, devoured grasshoppers, and I guess it bounced around in the you know, meadow and all that kind of stuff. And so he wrote that song dedicated to uh, to the doggy and called it Ella's Song, and that was played by the Brad Muirhead Four, the BM Four. All right, we hope you enjoyed that. We have a couple of messages, and we'll be right back. Starting with this, I'd just like to remind you, too, that you are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.ca and www.citr.ca. Yeah, that's better. And my name's Gavin Walker. No dot there. And this is The Jazz Show, a regular feature of CITR Radio every Monday night. From 9 p.m. until, oh, into the wee small hours of the morning. Quite a bit after midnight. Vancouver International Film Festival is back this fall from September 28th to October 13th. Experience some of the best cinema from around the world used as related creator talks and events at one of North America's largest film festivals. With more than 300 films from 73 countries, this program includes the pick of top international film festivals as well as many undiscovered gems from around Canada and the world. 
This year, be sure to catch CATR-sponsored film, Tattoos, a poignant coming-of-age romance between two punk music connoisseurs, screening September 30th and October 1st. For more information and tickets, visit VIFF.org. Become a CITR member and make some new friends. Members get discounts downtown at Little Sisters Book and Art Emporium, the Cinematheque, the Fall Tattooing, Selectors Records, Community Thrift and Vintage, Vinyl Records, Sakura's Classical Records, and Beat Street Records. What would we do without our friends? some pretty good news about the weather for the next few days. Tonight is going to be clear with a low down to 8. Tomorrow is going to be another beautiful day like today uh, with a low of 8 and highs between 17 and 20. And Wednesday, same thing, exactly the same forecast. Friday uh, or or Thursday uh, is even a little warmer with a low of 9 and highs between 18 and 21. And then on Friday, a bit of a downturn, not too bad, actually, a 40% chance of a shower with a uh, weather pattern, a mix of sun and cloud, with a low of 9 and a high of 16. And then uh, for Saturday and Sunday, both days, a mix of sun and cloud, and pretty pleasant weather with lows of uh, 8 or 6 to 8 and highs around 15. For the weekend, so that's the that's the outlook, and uh, there you go. So that is the weather. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded Coast Salish territory of the Hunkamenem-speaking Musqueam people. A very interesting concept, um, which is really done very well by this group. The group is called Vien, and it, um, they're going to be interpreting almost literally the music of Ravel. And of course, Morris Ravel's music has always fascinated jazz musicians. Um, he was once quoted, he said, no one can deny the rhythms of today, and my recent music is filled with the influence of jazz. And uh, Ravel said that, uh, was quoted as saying that way back in the 1920s. Ravel um, actually died in a uh, car accident in 1937, but uh, what a composer, a great uh, French composer from the south of France. He was very proud of his Basque heritage, too. Maurice Ravel. Anyway, he wrote this wonderful piece of music, which is going to be played by this band called Vienne, and it features um, Michel uh, Arbenz on piano, Thomas Lons on bass, 
and Florian Arbenz on drums. And there are added musicians here, um, Marcel uh, Albon on trumpet, uh, Florian Weiss on trombone, Niels Fischer on the various uh, soprano and alto saxophone and bass clarinet, and uh, Noah Arnold on alto saxophone and tenor saxophone added uh, to the ensemble. So we're going to listen to the three movements of Ravel's famous composition done um, with these uh, new arrangements by Vienne, this, this incredible band. And we're going to hear Le Tombeau de Couperin. And uh, we begin with Prelude, then we go to Forlaine, and finally Toccata, the three movements of Le Tombeau de Couperin by Maurice Ravel. And I'm sure you'll enjoy this.
And that was a band called Vienne. And I did mention a whole bunch of horn players and so on. Well, they're on not on that particular tune. The basis of the band is this amazing trio with um, Michel Arbenz on piano, Thomas Lanz on bass, and Florian on Arbenz on drums. And, of course, the music was written by Maurice Ravel, and the arrangements were made by the members of this piano trio. And what we heard was a jazz interpretation of Le Tombeau de Couperin, a composition, of course, a famous composition by Maurice Ravel. And we heard the prelude, the four lane, and finally the toccata. And uh, this amazing trio doing this reinterpretation of Ravel's music. And it's, uh, the, um, the album is called simply uh, Vienne Plays Ravel. And that's it. And it's uh, an amazing recording. It's on Challenge Records. If you can uh, maybe Google that, Challenge Records. Uh, actually, there is a, a website here, uh, www.vienne.ch. And Vienne is spelled V as in Victor, E-I-N dot C-H. See if you can uh, spot it and um, hear this amazing, amazing album. And uh, perhaps order it. Vienne plays Ravel. And uh, we'll hear some more of this some other. We'll hear um, maybe in a couple of weeks from now, we'll, we'll hear... Uh, this band's with the horns and everything, and guest star uh, British tenor saxophonist Andy Shepard will hear Bolero, and it's uh, quite an amazing interpretation of that piece. And, of course, that's one of the most familiar of all melodies. Uh, So we'll do that in a couple of weeks' time from this uh, wonderful album, Vienne Plays Ravel. All right, you are listening to The Jazz Show, of course, on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. And my name's Gavin Walker. I'd just like to remind you of a couple of great websites. Uh, One of them is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. And, of course, uh, they are backers of Frankie's Jazz Club, which is curated by... Mr. Corey Weeds, and of course, Corey had a long, long history uh, running the famous cellar on Vancouver's west side, and of course, he's a wonderful musician, and he appears at Frankie's quite often in different ensembles. Um, Frankie's, of course, has a whole schedule of musicians coming in, Uh, um, and of course, they're located down on Beattie Street. You can go on to the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society, and, of course, they have up-and-coming concerts, too, as well. And you can purchase tickets and uh, see who you want to see and all that kind of stuff. It's all there on that very comprehensive website, including the whole schedule for Frankie's, uh, right into, I believe, right into the new year. So uh, check it out at coastaljazz.com. C-A. That's their website, coastaljazz.ca. And of course, as you know, Coastal Jazz, the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society is the group that produces 
the annual jazz festival every year. Coastaljazz.ca and another fine website is uh, Brian Nation's uh, website, which is VancouverJazz.com. And there's always lots of information on that website as well. So coastaljazz.ca, vancouverjazz.com. Coming up next is one of the most incredible trios in jazz. Three virtuoso musicians. They play music as easily as you and I talk. It's incredible. Um, just the ease of which these musicians can create. This is a very famous recording session which took place in Los Angeles August 1st, 1955 by the impresario Norman Grants. And Norman was a real genius at putting disparate musicians together. He loved Lionel Hampton. He didn't like his big, he didn't really, he wasn't interested in Lionel Hampton's big band. Um, they were recording for a whole variety of different labels, uh, and he wasn't interested. Uh, the band, of course, was Hampton led a band for many years. It contained some of the greatest musicians, people like Clifford Brown and Pepper Adams and all kinds of important jazz musicians played in Hampton's band uh, at one time or another. Mingus was, was in, <laughs> Charles Mingus played with Hampton, and uh, y you name it, Dexter Gordon. Um, the thing is that Norman Grants was not interested in Hampton's band. And, of course, what, um, his band traveled around, and, and uh, they had a variety show, singers, dancers, and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And Grants was not interested in that. He was interested in Hampton, the musician, the master of the vibes, the first really great player of that instrument, the man that really set the standard for the vibes. Um, the vibraphone, and there were uh, other uh, prominent vibes players at the time, Red Norvo, uh, Adrian Rollini, but Lionel Hampton was head and shoulders, uh, the influence on that instrument, and of course he, he was capable of playing in so many different contexts, but you see Hampton, of course, being a bit of a showman, leading the big band, um, a lot of people forgot what a great musician he was. Norman Grants didn't forget. So during his time when he was, uh, when Lionel Hampton was signed with Norman Grants, they uh, unfortunately it ended, uh, their uh, musical arrangement ended in a disagreement and Hampton left the label. But Norman Grants did present Lionel Hampton in some of the greatest uh, contexts and really brought out his genius playing the vibes. One of these contexts was this, with Art Tatum, undoubtedly the greatest piano player that jazz music has ever produced, and um, Buddy Rich on drums. Just these three guys, no bass, um, no guitar, no horns, just Art Tatum on piano, Lionel Hampton on vibes, and Buddy Rich on drums. And we're going to hear some music by these incredible musicians. And they, they were gathered into the studio on this particular day. They had no idea what they were going to play. They simply uh, just, Hampton would call a tune. Yeah, okay, let's do that one. That's good. Um, and maybe run down a, a few short ideas and then record. 
um, that's how it was done. Everything was pretty well done right off the top. So we're going to hear a couple of tunes uh, from uh, this famous recording session, and, and it's, it's just amazing stuff. We're going to start out with a very famous uh, tune written by Cole Porter called What Is This Thing Called Love? And um, it's a wonderful composition, and musicians like to play on this tune. So that's the first tune we're going to hear. And then um, the second tune is an old standard from the 30s that I, I've always enjoyed, and obviously these guys are going to enjoy it too. It's a tune called I'll Never Be the Same, and it was written by uh, Sammy Kahn. And um, then we'll hear some other tunes after that. So let's begin with uh, what is this thing called love, and we'll follow that with I'll Never Be the Same, and I'll tell you um, some other tunes after we hear them. So let's hear this magnificent trio, Lionel Hampton, Art Tatum, and Buddy Rich. Incomparable.
<laughs> Art Tatum putting the last finishing touches on that tune. We heard a bunch of tunes by this incredible trio with, of course, the great Art Tatum on piano. No one can touch him. Lionel Hampton on vibes and Buddy Rich on drums, three virtuoso musicians and uh, in uh, just an incredible setting where they just all played every, all, all these tunes uh, basically off the top of their heads and uh, created uh, masterpiece recordings, all done uh, August 1st, 1955, and the producer of that date was the incomparable Norman Grants, who really knew knew uh, um, musicians so well, even though he wasn't a musician himself. He knew their instincts and who would uh, get off on playing with whom and all that sort of stuff. And, of course, um, uh, he treated Lionel Hampton um, as the virtuoso he really is. As I mentioned before, Norman Grants was interested in, in Lionel Hampton's playing, not his big band or his showmanship stuff or anything like that, just his vibes playing because he realized he was a genius on that instrument, and it certainly was. And uh, these two guys, of course, could play all over their instruments, and um, and yet they could play very quietly and gently, and and uh, and then they could pull out all the stops. And I think we heard all of that in those four tunes. So this is from um, a series of albums called the Tatum Group Masterpieces, and uh, indeed they are. Uh, so this is Art Tatum, Lionel Hampton, and Buddy Rich. What a trio. So the tunes we heard, uh, we opened with um, Cole Porter's What Is This Thing Called Love? And then a very pretty tune that was uh, popular in the 30s. Uh, Billie Holiday sung this tune, too. She did a, a gorgeous version of a tune called I'll Never Be the Same. And it was a, a standard uh, tune back then. And uh, then another uh, great tune written by Vincent Humans called Hallelujah, which uh, they really pulled uh, stops uh, out on that one. And then, of course, the last tune was uh, so great, too. Rogers and Hearts, This Can't Be Love. So four tunes. Art Tatum, Lionel Hampton, Buddy Rich. We are going to turn our attention now to a gentleman who is still alive and well in Florida. He's in his um, mid-80s. And, of course, he was a Chicago legend for many years, a multi-instrumentalist. Anything with keys or valves, he can play. And uh, he still does all that kind of stuff. And he's, he's getting on in years. Uh, I'm talking about Ira Sullivan. And uh, Ira has recorded uh, all kinds of things. Back in the 50s, of course, he was you know, playing the music of that time. He did this album when he first moved to Florida in uh, the mid-60s. And uh, these are all Florida-based musicians that um, he did uh, this album with and uh, uh, was released on Atlantic Records and called Horizons. It's kind of hard to find. Um, but Ira, we're going to hear him on uh, mostly tenor saxophone, and on one tune he plays soprano saxophone. We're not going to hear him on trumpet um, on any of these pieces. Uh, we're also going to hear a gentleman named Lon Norman, who plays the trombone and baritone horn, which is like a small tuba. And then uh, Dolphy Castellano plays the piano, electric piano, and harpsichord. William Fry is the bassist, and Jose Sino 
is the drummer. And we're going to hear three tunes. Uh, the first one is uh, a tune that uh, Ira Sullivan uh, played way back in his Chicago days and is written by one of his buddies, trombone player named Matthew G. And the tune is called simply O.G. And um, that features Ira on tenor and Lon Norman on trombone. Then we're going to go to a tune by Lennon and McCartney, a very famous melody. Everybody knows this one, Norwegian Wood. And um, Sullivan is going to play, Ira is going to play soprano saxophone. Lon Norman is going to play the baritone horn. And the pianist Dolph Castel, Dolphe Castellano is going to play the electric or the electronic harpsichord. Hmm. Okay. And the final tune is my favorite track. It's the title track of the album. And Sullivan returns to uh, the tenor saxophone and Norman back to the trombone. And the tune is written by Dolphe Castellano, and it's called Horizons. So we're going to hear three tunes from this album, and we begin with O.G. Thank you. 
We heard three tunes from this uh, rather rare Atlantic album by virtuoso multi-instrumentalist Ira Sullivan. And uh, as I mentioned before, Ira is a legend, and he is still alive and well and performing on all of his horns. Uh, he lives in Florida, and when uh, he first moved to Florida from uh, the Chicago area, he um, formed this band, and they made this recording for our Atlantic Records and the people involved here. Ira, um, although he plays trumpet and flugelhorn and all that, and anything with keys or valves, and uh, he uh, was mostly featured here on the tenor saxophone except on one tune, and Lon Norman, um, his buddy on the front line was uh, trombone and baritone horn. The pianist, Dolphy Class Castellano on uh, piano, and he also played uh, electronic harpsichord on one tune. And William Fry is the bass player, and Jose Sino on drums. And the tunes we heard, we opened with uh, Ira on tenor and uh, Lon Norman on trombone, uh, a tune that he played for years in Chicago, written by a buddy named Matthew G. It's called simply OG. That opened the set. And then we heard Norwegian Wood, of course, by Lennon and McCartney, with um, Ira on soprano saxophone, Lon Norman on baritone horn, and uh, pianist uh, Castellano on electric or electronic harpsichord. And then um, they returned to their original instruments on the final tune called Horizons, which was the title track of this album, and that was written by pianist uh, Dolphy Castellano. So there you go, three tunes from this uh, Atlantic album, Horizons, by the great multi-instrumentalist Ira Sullivan. Mm -hmm. We're going to hear some music now by a big band. And the band is uh, organized, and the arrangements and compositions are by a gentleman named A.K. Salim. And uh, he wrote for all kinds of big bands, a wonderful arranger. His his, uh, birth name was Albert uh, Atkinson. Uh, but then he uh, adopted the um, Islamic faith and became A.K. Salim. Uh, and um, he uh, didn't write complex music, but he certainly wrote um, uh, good meat and potatoes stuff. And um, his arrangements were always enjoyed by the musicians that played them. And uh, they were always... Um, very happy to to play his charts because they, um, well, they just were quality. Uh, they weren't profound, but they they swung and uh, they did what they were supposed to do. <laughs> so, here is the band: Nat Adderley on cornet, Joe Wilder on trumpet, Buster Cooper on trombone, Phil Woods on alto saxophone. Selden Powell on flute and tenor saxophone, Sahib Shahab on baritone saxophone, Eddie Costa on piano, George DeVivier on bass, and the great Philly Joe Jones on drums. We're going to hear three tunes uh, by A.K. Salim. Uh, the first one is called Payday. The second tune is called Joy Box. And the third tune is called Full Moon. 
So here then is the music of A.K. Salim.
That was some music by Ahmad Katab Salim, A.K. Salim, as he was better known. And uh, he was born in Chicago, and he was an arranger composer. And he wrote for this um, little big band that featured uh, different musicians uh, for each different piece. And um, Nat Adderley and Joe Wilder were in the trumpet section, Buster Cooper on trombone, Phil Woods on alto saxophone, Selden Powell on tenor and flute, Sahib Shahab on baritone saxophone, Eddie Costa on piano, George DeVivier on bass, and Philly Joe Jones on drums. We heard three A.K. Salim compositions, and uh, the first one was called Payday, and that featured Buster Cooper on trombone. The second tune, called Joy Box, uh, featured pianist uh, Eddie Costa and bassist George DeVivier in uh, the solo spot. And the final tune was called Full Moon, and that featured the gorgeous alto saxophone playing of the one and only Phil Woods. Three tunes by A.K. Salim on this rather rare Savoy album, done in 1958. We're about to close the show. We're going to play a couple of pieces by one of the greatest of all tenor saxophone players. Illinois Jaquette. And, of course, Monsieur Jaquette can uh, bring the house down. A tremendous player. We're going to hear him from an album called Bottoms Up. And uh, this was kind of a... He hadn't recorded for a number of years. Uh, He was very, very popular in the 40s and 50s. And the 60s, um, things uh, became a little more lean And uh, it wasn't until the late 60s that he started to record again. And he did this album for uh, a whole series of albums for Prestige Records. And this was the first one. And uh, you realized you were listening to a master saxophonist, one of the greatest, Illinois Jaquette. Here he is with um, a great rhythm section, Barry Harris on piano, Ben Tucker on bass, and Alan Dawson on drums. This is boss saxophone. We're going to hear um, a tune called Bottoms Up and a tune called Port of Rico, both compositions by Illinois Jaquette. Thank <laughs> you. 
the great Illinois Joquette, born in uh, Louisiana, raised in Texas, and uh, of course one of the foremost tenor saxophonists in jazz music. Along with Barry Harris at the piano, Ben Tucker on bass, and the late Alan Dawson on drums. We heard two um, pieces of music by Jaquette that he wrote. First one was the title track of the album called Bottoms Up, and the second one was called Port of Rico. And of course, we're all thinking today of uh, the real island of Puerto Rico. Yeah. And of course, uh, all that other stuff that's happening too. Anyway, that wraps up the show this evening. We'd like to thank you very much for being out there. And next week, we'll have another surprise, obscure jazz feature. And uh, we're doing that for the rest of the month. So uh, you're going to hear some excellent music by musicians that you're likely to have never heard of. And uh, um, I guarantee they're all good, like the jazz feature this evening. So do join us um, next week. We start early, 9 o'clock in the evening. Well, early. (laughs) And... You are, of course, listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. And my name's Gavin Walker, and I'm saying a very good night to you, and I'll see you uh, in seven days' time. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you.